This is Mama Ida. And she's, she's a mama. Yeah. Oh, what a joy. What a joy. I'll go up and down probably. But, you know, no, I like to be close. Is that okay? Yeah, I think I've come down where I can see you. How many of you were at the conference? Okay, okay, so a few. What a great time. I mean, God just crashed in. I feel so refreshed. My voice is toasted. But my, my spirit's so strong, and we just um, thank you so much. Um, wow, we had, we had such a great time, and Rebecca's here with me. She's an amazing preacher and prophet and intercessor. Say hi. We love, we love being in the local church. Um, it doesn't get to happen that often, so it's just such a blessing. Thank you, Christy and Mike, for having us in, in your home, and thank you to you, too. It's J.R., right? Yeah. I sometimes think, is that really right? But, but it's right, so it's great, and it's great to be with you guys, and I love the legacy in this house. It's really, really beautiful, and the worship in this house, so... I have a, a little problema, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I have a little problema right now, and I'm gonna ask you guys to pray. Okay, is that okay? That's how we fly. We just be honest. And my problema is um, that, like, I I heard three books, and he does this every time now. <laughs> it's so awesome. And I'm just so encouraged by it because he reads the scriptures that I'm, I'm planning to preach from. And I love, don't say sorry. Are you kidding me? That is so, it's like such an encouragement. I'm like, I'm so encouraged. And then Rebecca this morning, she heard the same thing. I was preparing in two places. I was preparing in John, John 6. And then I got the other scripture that this, that prophetic word was from Song of Solomon. I was like, who are these people? It's just, this is wild. And then Rebecca also heard, um, and oh, and then I was preparing in Ephesians. So I was like, well, which one is it? Now, I know you have two services so that maybe it's both. But then I, I kept hearing the fire the fire, the fire, the fire. I'm like, well, that's John 15. And those are all life scriptures for me. So I'm thinking, what do we do? And I thought, be honest and ask them to pray. So I'm going to have you stretch your hands out. And we're going to sing in the spirit. We're just going to ask whatever word, just sing in the spirit. Don't, don't make me lead this. This is, yeah, this is a time we all just sing in the spirit and we press in. And ask as you're singing in the spirit, ask for the word that the Lord wants for for this service, that what he wants. Come on, Jesus. 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 
Thank you, Lord. Keep praying. Keep praying. We just, we so want to just be in the spirit. Every single person would leave filled up. Every single one in this place would leave just filled up and, and just ready to pour out. Oh, fresh oil, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you did in these last few days, God. We thank you for the holy fire that's just been falling in this congregation, God. We thank you for unity in the city, Lord. We thank you that people are worshiping together. Lord, we thank you for JR and his wife and Mike and Christy. And we thank you for Leif. And Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for Jennifer. Thank you for the for ones, God, that have been here. And Lord, all the deposits, the deposits, the deposits. So Lord, what do you want to do with the deposits, Lord? What do you want to do with this fact that we're, um, we're stepping in and understanding whose we are? God, what do you want to do with the deposits, Lord? Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Shekarabah, what do you want to do that's new, Lord? What do you want to do that's new, Lord? What do you want to do? What's the today word? What's the today word for this house, for this congregation, for these people, God? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Oh, Shandarabasaya. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, thank you. I got it. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Show it's so good to be honest and vulnerable. Shaka Baba. Um, now I, I heard um I hear different things, but it was funny talking to Mike. Um, I, I always kind of get a blur which conversation it was. Um, they've been so kind to personally drive us back and forth. Like, that never happened. That's like a first. What the pastors are driving us. That was so cool. They didn't just send people. Thanks for that. You know, because we like getting to know you. And we don't expect that again. And don't like go next. If we, if there is a next time, like oh shoot, we got to drive them. No, but um, it was it meant it just meant something that you actually want to know us, and um, that's really beautiful. And we want to know you. And we felt family in this place, really did. And as you were praying for me, and we were praying in the spirit. Those words that we don't understand, but our hearts are connecting to God. I felt like, what does God want to do in this house? I just heard multiply. That's what I heard. He wants to multiply. So Mike read um, where, where the, all the scriptures that I prepared, but I'm going to go over them just a little tiny bit more, and then I'm going to move into this place of multiplication. Because if you really get what, what he was reading, and if you really understand the words of Ephesians, then there's going to be an action that's going to go with those words. There's going to be like such a holy fire. And if you really burned up like that John, that John 15 fire where you just say, go ahead and prune me, Lord, prune me, Lord, prune me, Lord. And you really get pruned, you get chopped up. Woo, chopping's fun you get chopped up, then 
then you're seriously going to bear fruit. So I'm going to tell you a little story. The beginning of the year, every year in Mozambique, um, it's the first 10 days, it's prayer and fasting. Everybody's like, let's pray and fast for 10 days and try to get the direction of the Lord. Where are we as a people, as a movement? You know, we have uh, bases all over the world, but my, my base um, is Pemba, Mozambique, but I traveled all the other ones. Anyway, long story short, I'm praying and I'm just crying out to God, show me, Lord, what do you want to show me about our movement? And I know you pray that about your movement. Like, what is it? And I saw something so pitiful. I mean, it's embarrassing to tell you what I saw. Mercifully, I can tell you it was a few years ago. But I looked at, at what I was praying for our movement, and I see this scrawny little, this scrawny little stick, a stick in the ground. And I thought, man, that's pitiful. That is a pitiful stick. That is a pitiful stick. I mean, I should just pull it up. It's not pretty. It doesn't have any flowers on it. It doesn't have any leaves on it. It doesn't have any, I don't see any fruit on it. I just see a stick in the ground. What are we supposed to do with a stick in the ground? And I kind of like, as a mama of our movement, I was like, we need to get rid of the stick and plan again. Because this is pitiful. And the Lord said, you're not seeing with my eyes. <laughs> I was like, okay, what do you see? Because I see a stick. I see a stick in the ground. What do you see? And he showed me what he saw. He showed me this Ezekiel 47 fruitful tree. There were leaves everywhere. There was fruit everywhere. He said, you've been praying for pruning. Ta-da. <laughs> you've been praying for fire. Ta-da. You've been praying for me to chop and prune and take away everything that doesn't bring me pleasure. Ta-da. And then he said, but don't worry. I haven't pulled your movement out of the ground. I haven't pulled you out of the ground. And God started to do an auditing in us. Oh, Jesus. I'm not a counter, I told you. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm letting you in on a personal story. I'm in a, I'm in a local congregation. I just, I, it's just so fun. It's usually my only local congregations at home, you know. And there's a thousand plus kids jumping around and all the adults and the widows and the mamas. And it, it's holy chaos. And we, anyway, shaba shaba. Uh, so, so I'm just, I'm just being family with you. Cause you said you wanted family, right? So here we're doing family. So uh, I'm thinking, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we, what, what's it going to look like? God, I, I, I don't understand what's it going to look like God. And he said, you just have to wait and you have to do the audit. And I said, Lord, I don't like audits. So I, I was sitting with, um, our board, again, years ago, <laughs> bless them, I was sitting with these guys, yes, they were all guys, and I, I'm sitting with these, these men, and, and no, no, there was one woman, I think, anyway, 
And I said, you know what? We have to pass an audit. We actually have to pass an audit. We need to get an A plus rating on it, a financial audit. Do you know what they did? They burst out laughing at me. They seriously burst out laughing. They said, you are absolutely hilarious. They said, we work in all these countries. People don't get receipts for the tomatoes and the potatoes and the bananas. You, how, you're never going to. They looked at me, my own board, and they mocked me. Seriously mocked me. They said, that is not our gift. Our gift is not to pass on it. And, and I sat there, and, and I was actually mortified. I said, why is it that we couldn't pass an audit? Why is it if we are sons and daughters of God that we're doing this work across the earth, we care for the poor of the earth, why is it that we can't pass an audit? And it was, again, it was this major season where he said, do you want to pass an audit? I said, Yes. He said, are you ready for what it's going to take to pass an audit? I said, no. <laughs> I said, but I want to see whatever it is you, that we need to see because it's on to multiplication. Oh, the pain. The pain. The misery. The miserable pain. And the miserable misery. If you thought that twig couldn't get any more bare, there was like a little bit of something there. And he's like, I mean, I had one. We had these new people. We're trying to get it together. We we hire these super high-powered people that are supposed to get our house in order. I won't tell you who they are. They're no longer there. But anyway... um, that that they they called me and I was with I was with my super awesome friends, um, Revival Alliance friends, and and we just get together and we pray and and these 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 this I can't believe I'm telling you these stories. This is not what I prepared, but it's important for you. I, I'm I'm there and I'm in Hawaii um, with this with this team. And we're just, we play and pray. There's 12 of us, six couples. Really important. We kind of do an audit on ourselves. All the couples lead a different ministry. Big ministries, all of them. But we do life together. We refuse to not do that week. Every year we just do it. It doesn't fit in our calendars, doesn't fit in our life, doesn't fit in our schedules. I mean, sometimes it's in Turkey, sometimes it's in Greece, sometimes it's in Hawaii. You're all like, wow, that's, I'd like to go there. Well, we're all like pouring out in those places. So, so we just meet wherever we're pouring out. And, and, but we're, we're very intentional about it. Why did I tell you that? Because this high-powered, see, we tried to get high-powered people in there to fix us. And these high-powered people didn't understand our movement because they'd never served on the fields. They'd never been with the poorest people on the planet. They didn't understand us. we, We tried to transplant high-powered executives into 
our movements, which is a very much a grassroots, you know, our, our laid down lover missionaries and nationals, like they, they live in the slums. They live with the poor. We just like, we go so low, it'll make your head spin. But we brought and we transplanted. They called me in Hawaii and they said, you're going to jail. I said, what? Wait a sec. Hello? What? What? They said, yeah, you're going to jail. I said, what are you talking about? I know this is recorded. Don't worry. I'm not in jail. I said, what are you talking about? They said, you gave that couple a car. And you're going to jail. You can't give a couple a car. I said, wait a second. God told me to give that couple a car. And wait a second. There was reserve in the account for that couple to get the car. And they've been serving for over two years. And they made like $6,000. And their car was broken. So yes, we bought them a car. They said, well, where's the receipt for the car? I said, well, I didn't exactly purchase it. I sent someone to purchase it. Find out where the, where the receipt is. They're like, no, it doesn't exist. I said, well, it's possible to find it. Long story short, we got the receipt. We paid the taxes on the car. We did the audit. We did audit, 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 audit. These audits have been going on for years now. You'd think, could we just do one and get it over with? The first auditing company we brought into our ministry, they, they, they absolutely, they just looked at our team and they said, we, we can't help you. We just can't help you. We're so sorry, but we just can't help you because it's just, we can't. We, they threw up their hands and they left. I mean, you hear things like super cool things, like they're working in 76 bases and 30-some nations. You're like, wow, that's awesome. And thousands of churches, woo! And then you think of the logistics of that. And you get a little crazy. But the Lord continued the audit. First thing had to happen is we didn't need those people. We didn't need those people. Very expensive. Very, very expensive. We didn't need those people. What we needed were dedicated, laid-down lovers of God who believed in the vision. Who believed in the vision and believed that we could be who God said we could be. You can be whoever God says you are as a people, as a tribe, as a, as a catalyst for revival in your city, as unity bringers you can be but you've got to have on your team people who believe that you can get to where the Lord's told you to go you can't go with a team that's saying well you're never gonna pass you're never gonna do it you guys are a bunch of fools but God loves you anyway no I say no to that. I say, God, I don't care how hard the audit is. Do it. It kept going on and on and on. Long story short, for the last three years, we've seen more fruit than we've ever seen before. We passed three audits, financial audits. We brought in companies, paid big bucks, and we got A-plus on three audits for three years. Come on, Jesus. Why am I telling you that? Because as we get blasted on the floor, I'm not going to step on you. I see you. I'm actually really good with uh, sight here. So 
My husband, on the other hand, oh, sweet Jesus, he'll step on you, but, but you'll get fire, holy fire. So it's all good. But you get wrecked on the floor. You get wrecked in these conferences. God comes in and bam, it's And then he says stuff like the audit. How fun does that feel? Can't we just stay in the glory? Woo! As soon as the glory falls and revival falls and anointing falls and you cry out for what you all, you're praying for this. Uh, excuse me, it's not my fault. You're praying for this like burn us, chop us, kill us. Yeah, holiness. Awesome. <laughs> and you're like scrawny little twig. Ah, God. But you gotta wait for it. You gotta wait for it when you abide in Christ, when you abide in Jesus, Jesus in you and you in him, and you're just like him. You, have you ever seen a tree do this? I want fruit. Fruit, I say. Fruit. I want fruit. Just go push everybody harder. Fruit. Push, 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 push. Fruit. Push, push, push. Drive, drive, drive. Fruit. 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 We want fruit. We want our movement of fruit. How many more movements? Fruit, fruit, fruit. Who? Nations. Fruit, fruit. <laughs> Harry's like, yeah, chop those branches off, please. Somebody chop them off because we're exhausted. Fruit doesn't happen like that. Fruit happens when you abide in Christ. When you abide in Jesus, he says, you can do nothing without me. Nothing without the body of Christ. But you abide. But when you abide, you're not a mindless abider. You're not a mindless abider where you're just, oh, you know, check your brain at the door. That's cool in renewal. You don't check your brain at the door. You love God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your spirit, with all your emotions, with all your strength, with everything within you. You will love him because he's worthy. And when God starts pouring in ideas and motivations and he just saying, get close to me, close to me, close to me. Remember the, the moldy carpet on the floor. We don't have any carpet, but I, 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 when Bob was sharing that, I'm like, I remember the dirt. I remember, um, and I still, it's still there at home, still a lot of dirt. I remember the cement. I remember the dirt. I remember that all fruitfulness flows from intimacy. But fruitfulness will come when you allow God himself to audit you. When you allow God himself to audit you, to audit your movement, to audit it. And and sometimes you're like, no, that person can't be. (laughs) Oh, no. And you feel like your heart's going to break. But love wins. Love always wins. 
Jesus. So as we were sharing there from Ephesians, Mike and I, <laughs> as I was praying it and he was saying it, Praise God, the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and, you know it, holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely gave us on, on, and he gave it to us in the one he loves. Okay, now I'm going to get to the other part. Because when you prayed, the Lord said, you can do both of these. I said, how? He said, I'll show you. So I'm moving now to John 6. And you're going to wonder how this transition happens. It just does. It does because what if you believe Ephesians? What happens to you if you actually believe Ephesians? Some of you all, we believe the Bible. Well, it changes you. If you actually believe you're adopted to be holy and blameless... You actually believe that God picked you. You said, yes, he does. He wants everybody. Amen to that. He wants everybody. That's why our movement's like out there on boats and swimming and walking through mud. And we're out there. It doesn't matter where we go. We're like in the Ivy Leagues and we're out in the ditches and we're in the war zones and we're in out in the brothels and the, the horrible hellish places on the planet. Thousands of us now are out there saying, but unless we pass the audit, the fruit is never going to be what God asks it to be. You've got to remain in Christ. You've got to be firmly in him. And everything that doesn't bring him pleasure in your life and in your heart has to go. But in that place, you start to understand whose you are. You are his. He has blessed you in heavenly realms. So this is a theory of mine. But I believe this little boy in John 6 somehow knew who he was. Somehow he had, he had to have known who he was and who he was looking at. So instead of him looking at the multitude, and you know the scripture, John 6, instead of him just looking at the multitude. Now, Every time miracles happen, people show up, right? Come on. Is it true? I mean, sometimes we'll just pray, the blind see, the deaf hear, cripple walk, and the next day there's like 20,000 people there, and we're just digging more latrines and more latrines. We've still got logistics. We've still got pots. We're still like telling our people, write the receipts for those bananas. We need the receipts for those bananas. And you got 20,000 people needing bananas. And you're like, receipts, receipts, receipts. Receipts are anointed. And they're like, what? Half of them don't know how to write. So when you're talking about a receipt, what's a receipt? What a, who signs a receipt? The guy in the banana stall that doesn't, surely he doesn't know how to write. He's like, just sign the receipt. Because we need the receipts. Because we work with the West. They need receipts. The Western world needs it. They need tax 
credit. You write those receipts. They're like, what's tax credit? I said, you don't need to know. Just write the receipts. We need them. I said, don't make them up either. They're like, oh, oh Jesus, stuff happens. But when, when God shows up, suddenly multitudes happen. Multitudes show up. They just show up, thousands of them. Your church, you suddenly have new problems. We need another building. We got to have three services. Your kids are like, oh, how many? What? It's a different kind of problem. So in John 6, they were having this kind of problem. God was walking around in the form of Jesus, fully filled with Holy Spirit, fully God and fully man totally emptied himself out. He's walking around and he's doing miracle after miracles. Amazing, amazing, amazing. (laughs) I'm like, what's going on? I was in Matthew. That's not where I was going. Nope. Sometimes it just happens like that, but this time, nope, I'm focusing. So there's um, time. Jesus is crossing over the far, far shore of Galilee, and there's a great crowd of people there because they saw the miraculous signs he'd performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside, sat down with his disciples. Jewish Passover fast feast was near. <laughs> fast. Yes, it's on my brain. When Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming towards him, and he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked it only to test him, for he already knew what he had in mind and what he was going to do. So I'm going to tell you a story now. (laughs) I got an antenna. Story time. Story time. So we were were having this meeting. We land. Oh, I need. No. Who? It's like a spot. No. I think it's good. So we were um, going to a village like usual, and Roland was flying our bush plane, the one that crashed. But <laughs> never mind. That's another story. But anyway, we've, we, we sunk three boats, not on purpose. You know, crashed the plane, sunk some boats. But anyway, you just don't give up. So the plane was still flying, and we, we landed, and, and Roland's on the on the radio, and he's, he's radi- radioing people, but nobody really understands. So he tries to find another pilot who can kind of tell us if we can land in that field. And, and there was great floods going on, and we just knew we were compelled to go to these people. And so Rollins um, calling, and they're like, well, you don't want to land on that field. It's full of landmines. Skip that. I'm like, yeah, honey, skip that one. And then they said, and the other field, it's really, really wet. It's really, really muddy. You don't want to land there either. And, and I'm like, Roland, God spoke to me. We got to land the plane. He's like, God spoke to you. He, get, he, he does say yes, but he sometimes is concerned as a pilot, you know, with a plan of how to land the plane and use it again. So he's like, really? And, and I said, yeah, we got to land the plane. And so we, we circle around and there's pigs and there's goats and there's children, hundreds of kids. They were super excited to see a plane. Probably never seen a plane before. This is not like you're thinking airport. <laughs> Picture something else. And we finally were going around and around and around. And Roland's looking at me. He's got the look. He's like, 
seriously. I said, land the plane. We land the plane (laughs) after all the kids run and the goats run, the pigs run. We land the plane. Slap, it's so muddy, it's so bad. Roland's like, I shouldn't have landed the plane. I said, no, no, it's good, it's good. All these pastors run out. They're like, we knew you'd come. We knew you'd come. We knew you'd come. Their whole village and all the surroundings were cut off by water. And they they had no way out, no way in. Food couldn't go out or in. And it was this most dreadful time and painful time for them. And, and it's still raining. It's just pouring. And the, the plane's just stuck in the mud. And Roland's like a little bit grouchy, actually. But but he 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 landed, you know, and, and I saw these pastors and they were so excited. Come on, come on, look, let's go to, to go preach. You know, they didn't care about the plane. And we go to start to go, we walk across to where there's this public square and we had our sound system in the plane and we, we just carry it out there and it's pouring rain. And, and we start calling for the deaf, calling for the blind. And I kid you not, the first person that came to us was deaf and blind. Ah, deaf and blind. There you go. We're not starting with headaches. It's pouring rain. We don't even know where we're going to sleep. There was a riot over a bunch of bananas in the village. A riot. People started beating each other for a banana. This is all happening during our our outreach. People beating each other up and so hungry they hadn't eaten in days. And I'm just like, God, what's going to happen here? I'm in John 6, remember? I'm just giving you the now John 6. The here John 6, the now John 6, the John 6 that I know is true because I've seen it with my own eyes. But if you have never get that opportunity, you need to believe the word of God because the word of God's true and you got to believe what Jesus says. So, come on, come on. I am a believer. I'm a believer. So, Sometimes God does it one way, sometimes he does it another way. So this was the way he did it there. We prayed for this blind, deaf woman. You're like, how did she find you? Her mom. Moms are very powerful. Because she can't hear, she can't see how she's supposed to understand a, an outreach, a healing revival. Like, and it's pouring rain. Nobody has umbrellas. It's just pouring rain. And these people are standing there, thousands and thousands of them standing there in the rain. They have nothing else to do. They have nowhere else to go. We have no radio, no television, no nothing, just rainy village full of hunger and full of people. We pray for the blind and deaf woman instantly she's healed God opens her ears opens her eyes it's like whoa and then God God told her husband the next day who had left her because she was blind and deaf and couldn't do anything because she wasn't blind and deaf before it was a dark evil spirit that came upon her made her blind and deaf we cast out that spirit in Jesus name that woman could see and hear but see now back to John 6 John 6 what happens you're all like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you can, you can, it's not cheating. You can open John 6 on your phone, your iPad. 
If you're rolling, you just memorize it in Greek. So, but hey, whatever, you know, however it is, just open it up. What happened now when God started healing the sick? People. People can be very wonderful and very challenging. Did you notice? You're, you're, you all hosted this great conference and like there are people everywhere, bodies everywhere. Your kids' schedules thrown out the window. You're like, people are going, whoa, we're waking up in a few hours and do it again. Sweet Jesus. It's like, wow, you could, you could just get, you could get concerned or exhausted or you could abide. There's a reason I never multitask during worship. Even if you push me, even if you tag on my clothes, you pull on them, I will press in all the more. I'll try whatever it takes. I'll try hiding over there. I'll try hiding over there. I'll try hiding up here. If that doesn't work, I'll hide with somebody who will let me. Because I will not multitask during worship because there is absolutely no fruit without intimacy. And if I'm in four meetings a day, sweet Lord, then I'm going to be present with God in worship. I'm going to be present with God in adoration. I'm not going to let even y'all push me out of that place because I have nothing to give you less I'm connected to him. And connected to him, I have fruit. I have stuff. I can give you stuff from heaven. But if disconnected, you just pull, 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 pull. You might as well just rip that thing out. No more root. You can do nothing without Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing without the body of Christ. But people can be annoying. They're all around. Where are they supposed to use a restroom? We don't have the things. I mean, here you, you've got fire codes. And I already told you about George. You know, he's lit the church on fire. You know, he just like, let's help mom with the illustration. Gasoline. You want to see burning? Went all the way to our roof, which is as high as this. Flames all the way up to the top. It was, anyway, nobody forget. Nobody forgot it. And they're like, mama, please don't. Don't use the flame. Don't use the real flame. Just We're just saying, Mama, just don't use the real flame in church. Like, God will come with his fire, but don't use the real flame. Like, you're going to burn this place down. Like, no, George is going to burn it down. But, hey, okay, uh, point taken. No, no fuel on this fire. It's got to be Holy Ghost fuel, not like literal fuel pour down the fire. Anyway, sometimes we, we, we're just, you know, we're trying really hard. But we don't always get it. So these people showed up. And as soon as this woman got healed, there, there just were multiple healings. Deaf, 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 deaf. Healed, 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 healed. And, and so we're now, we're in a really tricky spot. Why are we in a tricky spot? You said it. There was no food. Tell these people to go away. Where are the latrines? We don't even have enough shovels to dig enough latrines for over 10,000 people. How do you do that in a day? Do you understand? I'm trying to get you to understand the story. I understand the story because I've lived the story. So you got pastors out there. Yes, pastors out there digging latrines. 
I still dig latrines to this day. It bothers some people, but I don't care. Because if you are a lover, then you're a servant. If you're a lover, then you're a servant. If you're a friend, then you serve the king of glory. And yes, sometimes I only dig half of it and, and my, my kids take over. They're like, you're getting old. I'm like, no, I'm not. But anyway, they, they argue with me. Mom, let us dig. I'm like, no, let me dig. When it comes to snake killing, I'm like, my kids are like, mom's at it again. She's killing the snakes. I'm like, yeah, come on. All of you watch me. I love it. I love killing snakes. Venomous snakes. If you're like going, oh, you're so mean. No, snakes, they kill people. Like, I like to chop them off. Anyway, that's a free point. Oh, shakaraba. You need to be, all of you need to be snake killers in the spirit. Don't let the snakes ruin the, ruin the, whew, whew, ruin it. Don't let them, don't let them chop off their heads in Jesus' name. Show. You need choppers in the house. Come on. There's things, love, 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 kumbaya, but there's other times. Watch out. Bam, you will not touch this child. Bam. Not loving the devil. Don't even. I hate him to bits. I hate his guts. <laughs> Step on his head. Shh. Ho. Got to be alert. Got to be alert. 1044, I'm alert. Whoa. So this is what happened. As soon as those healings, there were already thousands of people there, but as soon as those healings happened, people started walking the other direction. They started walking out to their their villages up to their waist deep in water filled with crocodiles. I'm not exaggerating to you. I'm telling you the honest God truth. There are crocodiles in the water. We've, we've taken people in that same plane who have their leg bit off by a crocodile. It's not a happy thing. And these people are braving those waters to go and tell their fellow people in their villages, people who don't know God, people who do know God, they're out there and they said, Jesus is in town. Jesus is in town. And people started walking. They started walking. By day two, there were so many people that um, it was like a sea of humanity. I still don't count. So I can't tell you the exact number. Lots of people. And even my husband's like, do you think we should leave? You know, because they had a riot already. And by the day two, by day three, they're really going to, you know, they could rip the wings off the plane. He's a smart man. I said, no, no, you got to, you got to, we got to get more food. We got to get food here right now, right here, right now. And I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like God, you want to multiply my lunch, but we already gave it away. We didn't have any food left. Like what we brought in the plane, it was gone. Boom, gone, boom. You're looking at all those people, it's still raining. And I said, Roland, we got to believe God. We got to believe God. And Roland's like, I do believe God. But this is nuts. 
And he's really getting concerned. And actually, I'm getting concerned. Like, but how are we going to feed these people? God, I've seen you multiply food. I'm going to tell you one story of multiplication. And it was because of your experience at college. I'm going to tell this story. I always knew that God could multiply bread, right? I mean, hello. You read it in the book. That's simple. He can multiply bread. We know that. Some of y'all don't. But anyway, you should. It's actually God can multiply bread. He can multiply chicken. He can multiply cookies. He can multiply, he can multiply fish. He can multiply juice. He can just do it. He's a God of multiplication. Today's message is about multiplication. When you abide and you are a son, a daughter in that heavenly realm, shh, then everything changes. The way you think, the way you do things, everything, everything, everything changes. So I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to do? Roland gets a message. We got a message once from this man. Never have we gotten another message from this man. But this man was a very famous preacher. Very famous. I mean, if I told you his name, you'd, I would bug out. He has posters. Everything. He was famous. His plane was much bigger than ours. He was famous. And somehow... Roland, you know, Roland's a techie. Thank God for techies. Roland's a techie. So Roland's got his walkie-talkie, techie phone. It's not a walkie-talkie. It's a techie phone. It's like a satellite phone. It's a really cool satellite phone that'll pick up signals in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, we just have the Holy Ghost. Roland's like, I got the satellite, satellite phone. And he's got this satellite phone and he gets a message from this famous preacher and this famous preacher who I won't tell you his name, but um, I will tell you he had a really big fat plane, a fat plane. Roland knows the name of the plane. I just called it the fat plane. It was a fat, fat plane. And, and Roland gets this signal and he talks to this famous preacher. And the famous preacher says, do you all need food? We heard you were in such and such village. And we heard um, that you needed food and you needed it now. And Roland said, he looks at me. I said, tell him we need food. He looks at me again. And they he said, just a moment, I'm going to put my pilot on the phone. He had his own pilot. <laughs> Ours is Rolfonzo. Anyway, Rolfonzo speaks to the other pilot. And the other pilot's saying, is it okay to land in the field? We have such and such a kind of plane with tons and tons and tons of food in it. And I'm like, Roland, tell him to land the plane. And Roland's like... They can't land a plane. Field one is full of landmines. Field two is full of mud. I said, Roland, tell them to land the plane. Roland's like, oh, God. Oh, God. He said, uh, well, you know, you don't want to land in the first uh, strip there. That one's full of landmines. You don't want to land there. They're like, what about the second strip? He said, well, it's, uh, I said, tell them to land the plane. He said, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little wet. It's been raining for like six weeks straight, you know. It's a little wet. He said, how wet? He said, 
it, it's a little wet. And I'm like, so tenacious. I'm like a mama lion. You brought all these people. We already gave away our lunch. I know you could multiply it, but you're sending a fat plane full of food. That's miraculous. So he says, okay, land the plane. That same thing happens. <laughs> this huge, it was one of those cargo kind of planes full of tons and tons of food. We had tons and tons of people, well over 10,000 people had gathered. And it's just the crowds are swelling and swelling. They're sopping wet. They're hungry. And God's showing up. They're just like worshiping and they're sleeping. Where's the hotel? There's no hotel. They're sleeping in the dirt and the rain because Jesus showed up. Do you understand the story now? Do you understand the story now? Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up, shakababa, there's multiplication. You can't stop it. Well, you can try. Whew, that's a very sad thing. But if you keep yielding, you can't stop it. So... This precious preacher, famous, famous guy, has his own television station. They swoop around once, they swoop around twice, and this big old fat plane lands. But it doesn't land like it's supposed to land. It, you know, you're supposed to like land gently and then you're supposed to go a little while, you know? If you've ever been on a plane... So, like, this plane doesn't do that. This plane just lands. Like, like a lead balloon. Roland looks at me. I told you he couldn't land the plane in the field. And now I'm, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous because I see the preacher get out of the plane. He is as red as a lagosta. He is red. I mean, the color of this white man's skin was red. He is upset. He's hyperventilating. He look. He swings around, looks at Ron. You said we could land the plane. I mean, it took a few people to dig the door so they could open the door, so the red, irritated preacher could just get out and look at his plane in the mud. He is not a happy camper. But all those pastors, we probably had a hundred or so there. They all the, they live there. You're like, what'd you do? Fly them in? No, no. They just we have churches everywhere. It'll make your head spin. I don't know how many. <laughs> Randy's always asking me, like, dude, I don't know. So so these pastors are lining up watching the fat plane land. Kaboom! They don't know how it's supposed to land. 
All they know is I told them there was food in the plane. So all these pastors go running out, grabbing the food out of the plane. They don't ask. They knew mama told the guy to land the plane and uh man, there's food in the plane. They're just like grabbing bags of food and putting them over on the sandbanks. They're just like grabbing the food, grabbing the food, grabbing the food. And I'm there on my knees going, God, oh God, I don't want to I'm God, I'm in so much trouble. Oh, Jesus, 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 I'm in trouble. You got to fix this. You got to, I'm in a wet field. I'm down on my knees in a wet, soppy field. Just going, God, you love me, you love me, you love me. Roland's really, really not happy with me right now. God, oh God, and that preacher, wow. I think he wants to, whoo, anyway, whoo, help, 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 help. Oh, Jesus, Kurabashe, you are good. Daddy, 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 you're good, you're good, you're good. Daddy God, you're good, you're good, you're good. Be good right now, daddy God. Oh, be good right now. I'm telling you the truth. It's 1055. I got to finish the story. I'll be fast as possible. Out of nowhere... Out of nowhere. We are in a flood zone. In central Mozambique. Out of nowhere comes a white dude. It's not a white place. A white dude comes out. He is not, shall we say, filled with the glory. He's a white dude thinking we're totally crazy people. He comes out cussing like a blue streak, cussing every kind of word, cuss words coming out of it. Blankety blank, blank, blank. What kind of fool blankety blank, blank would land a plane, blankety blank, and then land another one in this soppy mud? Don't you know? You just, you're such crazy idiots. Who are you people? And he comes marching up to me because he knows somehow I'm behind it. He's like, who are you? Uh, what did you, what were you thinking? Look at that man's plane. Look at it. It's never getting out of here. It's going to be stuck here forever. And this is my field. And you didn't even get permission to land in it. Whew, he was ticked. Whew, ticked. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, Rakataya. He said, but I'm going to help you. Blankety blank. Pastors are not looking at this dialogue. They're like a bunch of white people arguing. I'm crying at this point in tongues. He does, he's, hears me like, what is that woman? What, what is she saying? What's, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Out of nowhere, the man is standing there, right? He just like, <laughs> he, he heard the planes, you see, both of them. He just points and two caterpillar tractors two caterpillar tractors come barreling out onto this wet field caterpillar tractors good caterpillar tractors he looks at the preacher who's not talking to me, did not say hello to me, did not say goodbye to me. I, I've never seen him before or since. I heard about him, but I, I, I just, anyway, he, he hasn't really linked up with the, anyway, Shabbat Abba. 
so this guy gets this, he had chains for the bulldozers. He literally gets his guys, these guys, his, his workers, they're in these little blue suits. They're, they're in these little blue work suits. There are about 20 of them. They come running out in their little blue work suits. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you really care about the preacher and his plane. You don't just care about all those people in the village getting saved and filled and healed. You care about the preacher and how he feels about his plane being sunk in the mud. You are a good, good father. You're a good, good God. You care about all your kids. Lord, you care about all your kids. And suddenly, who, 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 he, he, this guy just screaming at the guys, you know, ah. Why do you do that? Don't scream at anybody that works for you or anywhere ever. Don't do it. But, but he links up the, the, he tells them he doesn't do it. He links it up and with the chain and he, the first bulldozer connects to the second bulldozer and they pick up this big, huge fat plane. It's now less weight because we got all the food. Um, he just picks it up out of the mud and, and he pulls it onto the runway and they take off. My God is God. My God is God. All those people ate for days and days and days. And we went back there to that same village. We had a massive outpouring. We had church growth that you've never seen. And the moral of the story is God uses his little lovers that believe. And that preacher is a son of God. And even if he didn't understand, the Lord backed him up. Hallelujah. So, I want you to stand, please, as you run out of here. <laughs> I know the kids. Yeah, I, I, I figured that. I didn't think it was that bad that, you know, 30 people walked out. But it's okay. Hey, you know, I kept concentrating. Um, <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. I know what time it is, shakaraba, but I had to get to the end of the story. And um, <laughs> the beautiful thing is the Lord was really teaching me about what love looks like. And love doesn't just look like you ignoring the fact that a man's very expensive plane that God gave him is stuck in a muddy field. God loves that man just as much as he loves anyone, just as much as he loved all those very, very hungry national speakers and national um, believers and people of other faiths that were coming in there because Jesus was in town. God loves everyone. And he loved the farmer who turns out used to be a believer. And he got so undone by what God did that he knelt on that field with me. And he met Jesus. He came home to the Father. And I said, Lord, you sent us for him. You didn't just send us for tens of thousands of villagers and hundreds of churches and pastors. You didn't just send us to feed the hungry. Lord, you sent us for that man. Lord,
Lord, you sent us for that famous preacher. Lord, you sent us. You'll always multiply. We need to know what the Lord's asking. And I want you just to lift your hands right now. Jesus asked where to buy bread for these people. And he was testing. He was testing his disciple, Philip, who was a counter, thank God, for counters. Philip answered, eight months' wages would not buy enough food for all of them to even have a little bite. Another disciple, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here is a boy. Here's a little boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? I'm actually going to take three minutes right now. And if you just, you just don't care anymore what it costs. You don't care. You just want to be that little boy, that little child, that little daughter, that little son that believes Ephesians, that believes you are really, really seated in heavenly places, that you could really ask for whatever you need. And if you need a plane full of food, or you need God to make food, or you need God to crash in in your university, you need God to crash in in your city, or, or you need God to make beads, yes, beads for children who didn't want old stuffed animals. That's the story I wanted to tell for Christy. One day we were wanting presents for our kids. We'd wrapped over a thousand. It was years ago when we didn't have that many kids and and and, and we wrapped a thousand and, and I looked in the eye of this this, this little girl, because everybody had already gotten their presents except for our girls that lived with us. And I looked them in the eyes and there was a psychologist there named Bridget. She said, I told you there's stuffed dogs in the bag. I said, they don't want stuffed dogs. They, they don't. I, I looked the girl in the eye. I said, what do you want? The first girl in the queue. Come on, guys. I'm asking the question right now. What do you want? And for these, these couple of minutes, you can just run down to this altar. I'm not going to pray for you one by one. We don't have time. You just run down and you start telling God what you want. You see, real sons and real daughters can ask. They can ask, Father, I was a daughter asking for a multitude of hungry people. I asked like a daughter. I didn't ask like a slave. I didn't ask with my natural mind. I didn't ask with the, with the understanding of how the plane was going to get out of the mud. I asked as a daughter. I asked for tons and tons and tons of food to feed over 10,000 people. I asked God to send the food. If you actually believe you're seated in heavenly realms and you're chosen by God to be holy and blameless in his sight, prepared to do good works, good works, good works, good works to bear much fruit. You're not called to be a twig. You're called to be a tree full of living, living leaves and fruit everywhere that people can come. They can eat and they can drink and they can, they can receive. You're called to be an Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22 tree. Oh, come on. Start asking like a son. Start asking like a son. Start asking like a son. What do you want? Some of you, oh, I preached about it earlier. When, when you can see, you start to see. When you can see, you start to want. 
I don't want to just feed a million people four million meals a day in our movement. No, I'm crying out, Lord, this year, this year, Lord, let us feed 20 million people this year. Lord, I'm not, I'm not looking, I'm not looking at lack. I'm looking at a God who's got all the food on the planet, who can pull a man's plane out of the mud, who can send caterpillar caterpillar bulldozers in the middle of a place someone would say is nowhere whoa when you believe God you start asking for things a little kid actually believed who he was who he he really was and instead of looking at how foolish his his desire to give Jesus his tiny little lunch his ridiculous little lunch was. Hey, he looked into the eyes of Jesus right now. I want you to all of you close your eyes and lift your hands. And if you're in your seats, go ahead. I want you now just to look with your spirit eyes into the eyes of Jesus. He loves people so much that he gave himself away on that cross and he suffered and died so that we could be holy we could have salvation. And the reason he did that is the same reason today as it was over 2,000 years ago. He is all about bringing the children home. He's all about multiplication. So he did not mock that little boy that came with his bizarrely small lunch in the face of a massive need. He didn't mock that little boy and he doesn't mock me and he doesn't mock you and others may mock and others may scorn but my daddy God doesn't mock me. My Jesus doesn't mock me. He said, you want to give me your lunch? Little, little Heidi, you want to hand me everything you have? I don't mock you. I don't tell you it's not necessary. I don't want it. I don't need it. Who are you to even offer? He receives it. So just offer right now your lunch. Just lift your hands and offer your lunch. And as you offer your lunch, look into the eyes of Jesus because you're about to run out of this building and you're about to run out of this building knowing that God is a God of multiplication and what He has given in your hands, what He has given in your, as your profession, as your anointing, as, 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 as your destiny. God is about multiplication. He's never, ever, ever not about multiplication. He's always about multiplying. So give God all you have. And now, and now, shake a rabba. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to stand up again. And I'm going to have you turn and face the doors. Because you're about to run out of this building knowing that that which you have offered Jesus as a son, as a daughter, trusting in Him, that which you offer Jesus, He's about to multiply it. So I thank you, Jesus, for multiplication. And in the story, every single man, woman, and child ate 
And Jesus said, go, go, go. Don't waste anything. Don't waste a single thing. Let nothing be wasted. Gather the pieces that are left over. They gathered them up and filled 12 baskets. Do you think for one moment that little boy had nothing to eat that day? You are not an orphan. He got to go and tell his mom about the multitudes of people that all ate his lunch. I imagine Jesus said, would you go ahead and take a basket full of this bread and fish home to mama and tell her the story and feed it to your village? <laughs> Woo! Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now run, run, run. Chow, 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 chow. Bless you. Go, go, go. Shaka Baba. Go, go, go. Go, go. Feed the poor. Feed the hungry. Go, go, go. You can hug someone if you want, but go, go, go.